Timothy chapter 1, uh, verse 5. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 5. So look what it says. It says, for I am mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice. And I am sure, I am sure that it is in you as well. I want to talk about this morning, who's influencing you? The influence of a godly mother. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, who's influencing you? Amen. Who's influencing you? Do you remember who had the greatest influence on your life when you were young? I believe our mothers have had the greatest influence over our lives. There are two billion mothers in the world today. Amen. Two billion. There are 4.3, I don't know what the three is, babies are born every second. There are 86,400 seconds in a day. So that would be about 371 Three three hundred seventy one thousand babies are born in one day. I wish I had somebody. Out of a survey of the university freshmen, forty percent says that their moms are the most important and influential people they ever known in their lives, compared to twenty five percent. For their fathers, 17% for their romantic partners, and 12% of friends, 6% of siblings. There are 9.9 million single mothers living with children under the age of 18. Amen. And that number is up from. 3.4 million in 1970. Even before birth, our mothers provided us with our first experience of nurturing. She is our first and most important female model. Our cells divided and grew to the beat of her heart. Our skin, our hair, our heart, our lungs, our bones were nourished by her blood. Blood that was awash with neurochemicals formed in response to her thoughts, her beliefs, and her emotions. If she was fearful, you were fearful. If she was anxious, you were anxious. 
If you, if she was deeply unhappy about her pregnancy, our bodies knew it and felt it all the way through. It's amazing. And there's another way a mother can influence you also is in your everyday life. When I started to think about this, how influential mothers are, it really took me back to understanding some things about my life. Amen. The question today is to our mothers, you have influenced your children up to this point from birth, before birth, to now. But the question I have for you is, are you influencing your children spiritually? What about their spiritual life? It's a good question because uh, their spiritual life, amen, should be important to you. And for us children, let me ask you a question. Are you following the faith walk of your mother? Amen. And even those who have had moms who've passed on, the question I have for you is, are you living out their legacy? Are you living in such a way, come on somebody, uh, and then for those like myself who messed up, amen, when they were alive, oh, come on, help me somebody. I'm saying one more time for us that have messed up, who didn't want to listen, who didn't want to learn, who didn't want to come on somebody. Uh, Are you living a life? Amen. A faith life that would make them proud. You see, because just because they're not here doesn't mean, amen, that they're not living through you. Do I have somebody? And so uh, I wanted to discuss, I want to talk about four things today, four areas that you as a mother can influence, a godly mother that is, or a woman or a man, you can all be part of this, that you can influence your children in. Paul writes to his young protege, Timothy. Timothy, and and this, this one verse has intrigued me. Because in this one verse, there's so much meat on that bone. There's so much there that it it just, I'm like, man, I got consumed with reading it and, 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 and studying it. But, but, but Paul had met Timothy. He was a young man. Paul started on this journey and Timothy had been with, he has been uh, Paul's companion throughout ministry. Timothy now becomes the pastor of a church in Ephesus. Now, if you know anything about Ephesus, it was rough. It was the hood. Amen. Ephesus was a rough place. The culture itself was deep. There were... um, Temple prostitution. 
There were paganism, there were secularism, there were a whole lot of different ideologies and, and the world had been pulling at this young man. But there was something about Timothy. There was something about him more than the, the other disciples, the other followers that walked with Paul throughout ministry. Paul had a young man with him one time. His name was John Mark. I don't know if you guys read your Bible enough to know who John Mark is. Amen. Come on, say amen, y'all. John Mark was Barnabas's cousin. John Mark lacked faith. And when things got tough with Paul, he deserted him. I wish I had somebody. In other words... He's like, man, this stuff is too hard for me, Pastor. I ain't, man, shoot, I deuce. <laughs> Amen. And and what happened in that relationship, there was a, 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 a schism, a division between Paul and Barnabas because of this young man. But not so with Timothy. There are some people that I meet in life, in church life. Amen. That I knew, I know that to some degree. They've been cut from a different cloth. But, but what I notice about them is that they have a strong background because they had a strong backbone. And that's mama. I wish I had somebody. And I'm not just talking about mama, natural mama. I'm talking about mama who was spiritual. And I want to talk to some of you mothers today and I want to help you because the 21st century mom is a little bit different. The 21st century mom don't believe that their faith walk is important to their, to their children. I'm not trying to beat nobody up. I'm not trying to take nothing from nobody today because this is your day, mothers. But I want to say something to you. Paul now is facing trials but Timothy is also facing trials but the second book of Timothy was written while Paul was awaiting execution so he writes to his young protege but the one thing about Timothy Timothy was always scared he had fear in his heart all the time he was afraid of the older members in the church <laughs> He was scared of the older people in the church because they were intimidating him. That's why Paul wrote in first, first Timothy, he said, let no one look down on your youthfulness, bro. I'm just paraphrasing. He said, you know why? Because there's something in you that they don't have that I see in you. I'm going to get to it in a minute. You see, there's something about a mother who can influence their children beyond the womb. Hallelujah. And understand that when you understand theologically that we were born sinners, shaped in iniquity, even in the womb, amen, until your child comes to a place of saving faith in Jesus Christ, you have a responsibility. And I believe that's the reason why we're reproducing, hey, 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 can I say it? We're reproducing very weak Christians today because home ain't right. 
Amen. Just because you're a single mother doesn't mean, and I'm going to show you something here in a minute. See, being married to an unbeliever is like being single anyways. Y'all don't want to hear me today, huh? Amen. Watch this. Being married to an unbeliever is like being single anyways. Amen. He may pay the bills, but he ain't giving you much more than that. You see, because your soul needs something more than that. And, and, and I believe, I believe that Paul knew that his death was imminent. And he wrote to Timothy and he says, Timothy, I want to tell you something. I want to, I want you to be strong. I, I want you to be, to encourage yourself. I, I want you to not forget the word of God that's, that, that's in you, Timothy. Listen, what do you do when life gets tough, Timothy? I'm not going to watch this figure it out for you. I'm going to encourage you through the word and let you know that you can do, you can be more than a conqueror in Christ Jesus. Paul is drawing out of Timothy what was already in Timothy. There are some of us, we don't even know our characters. But, but, but I want to tell somebody something. I believe that there are some godly women in this church. Oh, I wish I had somebody. And you want to know why I know that you're a godly person? It's not because you shout loud. Man, ain't it. It's because when I look at your children. Come on, somebody. They're serving in ministry. They can pray. Come on, somebody. They don't give up. They want to get involved in the things of God. Don't y'all get quiet on me now. You say, that ain't me. Who is he talking about? It could be you. Come on, somebody. Don't, this ain't a make me feel bad message. This is a, man, I'm thriving to be their message. Come on, somebody. Amen. Amen. Watch this. Watch this now. Watch this. Paul says, hey, man, you can do this. Watch this. Timothy's mom was Jewish, but she was married to a Gentile. In other words, Timothy's dad was Greek. Amen. His dad didn't impact his faith walk. His mother and grandmother did. What his father couldn't give him. mm, Come on, somebody. His spiritual father gave it to him. I believe a lot of us are lacking spiritual fathers. I believe a lot of us, we have our physical daddy there, but he ain't about, I mean, he's something, but, but, but he's not spiritual. <laughs> I didn't want to say he wasn't nothing, you know what I mean? Amen. He's there. But, but Paul becomes, and he, he impacts this young man's life. What his daddy, I'm going to say it one more time, what his daddy couldn't give him. His spiritual daddy gave him. Are you with me? I was sharing with the brothers in the kitchen. Amen. That that's what it's all about. See, when I got saved, I I had a spiritual daddy that gave me everything my physical daddy, my birth daddy could never give me. 
And I want to say to some mother here today, you got to understand that God already knows your plight. That God knows your struggle. That he knows all about you. But, but you can change the narrative because you have the most influence over your children. If they're straying, you got to get on your knees and pray. If they've lost their way, then you got to do. And if you have young children, let me help somebody who got young children in here. You can make a difference in their lives now. Amen. I know you've had many accomplishments. But the greatest accomplishment that you can accomplish in life is to pass on your faith to your children. Are you with me? Look, look at verse four. He says, he says, you could tell Timothy, uh, Paul is writing. He says, he says, listen, man, he says, I'm longing to see you. He says, look at the deep emotion. He says, even as I recall your tears, Timothy was in tears because his spiritual daddy was about to die. And he kept encouraging him, man, don't you cry now. Don't, don't, son, it's going to be all right. I know why I'm doing it, but you got to be strong because the work got to continue. The legacy has to go on. Do I have somebody? Ask yourself, ask your neighbor a question. Who are you influencing? He says, so that I may be filled with what? Joy. Paul says, I, I thought about, I want to see you, but I'm in a prison. Not only am I in a prison, but I'm in a dungeon. And pretty soon they're going to hang me. I'm going to die. It's, listen, it's inevitable. I'm at the end of my life, but I need you to keep going. I want to encourage somebody here to keep going. I want to encourage somebody to keep drawing on your faith life, to keep drawing on the example that you have before you. Don't neglect the, 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 the example that God has given you. I had no good examples in my life. Come on, somebody. I'm talking about faith examples until I got saved at 25. And I thank God that he saved me at 25. I, I thank God that I lived 25 years of trying to figure it out. Come on, somebody. I thought that I knew what I was talking about. Thought that I, that I didn't need nobody to tell me nothing. But I thank God that even though my mama was on the other side, she never stopped praying for me. Come on, somebody. And I want to tell you, she was praying to the wrong God, but I would hear her praying. I told you this before. I would hear her praying, Lord, change Derek. Come on, somebody. And I want to say to somebody here today, don't you ever stop praying for your kids. Don't you let the devil stop you from praying. Oh, it ain't working. No, you need to keep praying harder. Do I have somebody? You see, Paul is writing and then he gets here and he says, look what he says, that, that a godly mother will influence her children in four different ways. First of all, look, verse chapter five, I'm sorry, verse five, he says, for I am what? Mindful. What? First of all, in verse four, Paul says, I recall, amen, right? And he says, he says that, 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 that's kind of like the same word, but it's not the same word. It's two different words. He says, I bring to my mind when I think about you, Timothy, there's something about you that I understand about you. Look, he said, he says, but I'm mindful. 
And so a godly mother will first influence, put it up there, the spiritual Thank you, Sister Sarah, you caught it. What was it that Paul says, I'm mindful of? I'm mindful of the fact that, Timothy, you really saved. But the decision that you made to be saved was not based on anything other than the pedigree that you had around you. Come on, somebody. Listen, had it not been for his grandmother... Amen. And his mother's spiritual decision to follow Jesus. Come on, somebody. He would not have followed, especially living in the house with an unbelieving father. His dad wasn't grooming him for ministry. His dad was grooming him for the world. I don't think y'all hear me. Listen to this. Paul reminded himself of Timothy's foundation and it brought him comfort to know that, hey, he's going to be all right. Do I have somebody? Listen, listen, can I ask you something? What, what, how are you shaping your children's spiritual decisions for Christ? Listen, last week, a brother's son came up. Come on, somebody. Because ever since he's been this small, I got pictures of him. He watched his mom get baptized. He watched his daddy get baptized. Come on, somebody. And he would always stand around there just looking. I got pictures of him just around the baptism. And God used that spiritual witness for him to make a spiritual decision. Y'all ain't got... See, a lot of people think that you got to be super spiritual in order for your kids to come to know Jesus. But the greatest decision that you'll ever make in your life is to follow Jesus. Listen, I know you may make a decision on what college to go to, who to marry, where to live, what you're going to do with the rest of your life, but the greatest decision you'll ever make. But mama, I want to tell you something. You have influence on your children's life where they can come to know Jesus because of you. Do I have a witness? Can you say that your faith has affected your children that you are confident that because of your influence on their spiritual decision, you know that if you close your eyes, they're going to be all right. That's comfort. You see, when you know that man is born in sin, that we are all separated from God, and, and we don't, Hallelujah. We don't have the capacity to save ourselves. But God through Jesus Christ can save us from sin. But it's your witness that, hallelujah, that makes a difference in the spiritual decision of your children. You know why I became a Hindu? Come on, somebody. Because of the, I could have became anything. 
Whatever my mama was, that's what I became. I'm trying to witness to somebody here today. Listen, you need, you may need to tighten up your faith walk. You may need to tighten it up a little bit so that your children can be sold out for Jesus. I know it's a sacrifice sometimes to get here, but I want to help somebody with something. I would rather sacrifice now so that when I leave this earth, I told my wife this morning, we wouldn't even have to wake them up in the morning. Come on, somebody, because they understand and watch this. And it's a new day today. They're not just coming to come. They're coming because they have a personal relationship with Jesus Christ because they see you having a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And they see that your faith is for real. Ask yourself a question. Who are you influenced? Watch this. Watch what he says next. He says, he says, for I'm mindful of what? The sincere faith within you. Come on, man. Now, you know, when I looked at this passage, I said, man, what? I never met Lois and Eunice, but man, they're some cold women. Because they passed on a faith. Watch this. You know what the word sincere means there? It's where we get that word. It's where we get that word hypocritus. It means without a mask. In other words, it's real. We got too many fake people in church today, y'all. We got too many fake folk coming to church today talking about praise the Lord, hallelujah, and all this other stuff. You know what I'm saying? They, they, let me stop. Let me stop. I said I wasn't going to go there. Listen, they're not real. Their faith is not real. So what's the next point? Not only do they influence the spiritual decision of their dedicate direction of their children, but the second thing is they influence the spiritual what? Dedication. See, here's the thing. Can I ask you a question? Some of us, if my mama die, I ain't going back to church no more. No, that ain't what she wants you to do, boo. If my, if my daddy died, I ain't going back to school. You better get your butt back to school. You better finish what you started. Amen. Because you got to keep living. You can't keep mourning. You have to keep living. Do I have a witness? Listen, listen. Can I ask you a question? Can I ask you a question? What type of kids are you producing? Can I say it? Real or fake? Uh, do they come to church out of duty or out of dedication? Uh, are they going through the motion like you? Or are they for real? Because if they're for real, you ain't got to wake them up. Ouch. Amen. Oh, thank you. Whichever one applies to you, you can just say that right there. All right? Watch this. Mothers, are you passing on your pedigree? Listen, Paul made it a personal, made it personal, right? Watch this. You ready for this? That's all right. Timothy didn't pick up his faith on the streets. He didn't pick up his faith in school. At soccer practice, 
at football, at the football game, at the basket on the basketball court. Come on, somebody. It came from his mom and his grandmother. Can, can I ask you a question? Where are your kids picking up their faith in God? Uh, can I ask a question? Uh, is their faith foundation being reinforced after they leave church? This is a personal message for me. Children. Obey your father's instructions. So you know what fathers do? They tell them what to do. Hey, do that. But it says, do what? Follow the teaching of your mother. See, dads just put the icing on the cake. Dads be like, yeah, do that. See what I'm saying? Where the mama just be like, okay, baby, so this is how you do it. This is, this is how, let me show you what the word says. The word says this, this is what the word says, how you do it. Right, Heard? Right. Watch this, watch this, watch this. How dedicated are your kids? And listen, forget about how small they are. Shoot, Jackson is colder than everybody in here. Jackson walk up in the, listen, he walk up in the staff prayer meeting. And he's like, come on, let's pray, y'all. And he, look, and how old, he's three. But when he first came here, he struggled. Y'all ain't trying to hear me, y'all. But, but with a little time and a little teaching. I'm saying one more time, a little time, a little teaching. Guess what? Jackson Cole, now nah, he come up and then you ain't got to say much to him because guess what? He's understanding structure. He's un- come on, somebody. They're like, who's Jackson? I'll tell you later. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. Watch this. There's nothing wrong with them being successful in the world, but you got to make sure that they're successful spiritually before. Y'all follow me? You know why I say that? The spiritual precedes the physical. Hebrews 11.3 says this, By faith, don't go there, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen, watch this, was not made out of things which are visible. So their spiritual life, come on somebody, precedes their degree, their titles, but mamas, it's up to you. I thought it was daddy's job. No, his job is to instruct. (laughs) Watch this. Let me hurry up. Let me hurry up. I I know Golden Corral getting full. Watch this. Watch what he says. He says, I'm mindful of the sincere faith within you, which first dwelt in who? Your who? Your grandmother, Lois, and your mother who? Huh. 
First of all, it's an indicative mood. You know what the indicative mood is? It's a fact. See, there's some things you can look at some kids. You can look at some kids today and you can say, man, there's some good stuff in that kid. But, but you can look at another kid and say, man, there's some godly stuff in that kid. <laughs> See, watch this, watch this, watch this. You ready for this? You ready for this? Give me the next point. Not only you influence the spiritual de- dedication, but you influence the spiritual what? Duplication. It came from grandmama and grandmama give it to mama and then from mama it came to you. But here's a revelation for you. You ready for this? Watch this, watch this. Grandmama's name, Lewis, right? Is that her name? Guess what Lewis's name means in the Greek. Her name means better. Write that down somewhere. Her name means what? Better. Write, write it down. Take some notes. Lewis's name means what? Better. Now, now, mama's name, which is Eunice, mama's name means victorious. Right? Now watch this. Timothy's name, son, grandson, his name means honoring God. So let me put it together for you. When grandma faith was influenced by her mama, it was then passed on to her daughter. And then it was passed on to her son. Tell your neighbor that's duplication. Which made Timothy better. It made him victorious in life. But it also made him a man who was honoring God. I wish I had somebody up in here. That when you pass your faith life over to your kids, they not only will they honor God, but they will be God-fearing. And then guess what they're going to do? They're going to pass it on to their kids. And then their kids will pass it on to their kids. And then we have, tell your neighbor, duplication. Maybe you didn't have a strong faith foundation. But now you can be a difference maker. Do I have a witness? Listen, I understand you may have been hurt in church. I get all of that. But wherever there's a church, there's going to be problems. But you got to learn how to keep your eyes on the right thing because Satan wants you to get distracted with people. But it ain't about people. It's about your walk with God. And if you can find somebody in the congregation who you can clearly see a strong walk in them, a strong faith in them, you hit, hit, hit yourself onto that and you say, I'm going to follow him as he follows Christ. Do I have a witness? My last thing, and I promise you I'm going to sit down. He says, and I'm sure. Man, what made him so sure? Because this young man was respectful. This young man was godly. This young man was scared to pastor this church. You see, Paul was grooming him for ministry. While his daddy was grooming him to be a politician. But I thank God that he changed the narrative of his life. And all because grandmama... Yeah, wish I had somebody. Understood that Jesus was all she needed. 
that when mama was taking care of you by herself, and you don't understand the narrative now, but listen, I want to tell somebody, all she had was Jesus. All she had was Jesus on her side. When she didn't have enough money to put food on the table, and she and you ate first before her, it was Jesus that was her portion. Do I have a witness here? And I want to tell somebody here today that I thank God that my narrative has changed in life. I thank God that I got a wife who knows Jesus. I thank God that I got a mama who knows Jesus. Because I remember when she wouldn't even receive anything I had to say about Jesus. But then she started to look at my life. And she says, oh, there's something real about him. There's something sincere about his faith. There's something about him that I see that I have never seen before. And do I have a witness? And I want to tell somebody that can be your story today. He says, I'm sure that it is in you as well. So not only do you influence, hallelujah, the, uh, the duplication of your children, but lastly, you influence the spiritual depth and dedication of your children. Why was Paul so sure? Paul was telling him that you have what it takes, son. Because you had a praying grandmama. You had a praying mama. You had a mama who gave her life to Jesus. We need to leave our faith to our children. I know you may have leave a lot of things for them. I know that you're planning, hallelujah, a big future for them. But there's a difference between a will and a trust. A will is a legal enforceable document stating how you want your affairs handled and assets distributed after you die. It is a transfer of asset to a subsequent generation. To your children, grandchildren, etc. This document will be your last attempt to leave your impact or influence on your children. But a trust is different than a will. A trust is a fiduciary relationship in which you give another party authority to handle your assets for the benefit of a third party your beneficiaries. There are two categories to a trust. There is a living trust. And there is a testamentary trust. It is called a living trust because it is created while the property owner or the truster is alive. It is revocable as it may be changed during the life of the truster. The truster maintains ownership of the property held by the trust while the truster is alive. Unlike a will, a living trust passes property outside of the probate court.
There are no court attorney fees after the trust is established. Your property can be passed on immediately and directly to your named beneficiaries. You see, our faith should be like a living trust. You can pass it on while you are alive. You can pass it on while you are alive. You see, that, that while I'm alive, you can say to your children, you can have it. It doesn't have to be a mystery. There's no court fees for our children. They should not have to figure out our faith after we die. A living testimony that you can be in front of them now that will change their lives forever. Do I have a witness? The question is this morning, who are you influencing? And I want to say to somebody here this morning, some mother job well done. You may not have gotten it right at the beginning. But I hope after today, you can say, I'm going to do better. I'm going to live. I'm not going to drink with them. I'm going to pray with them. I'm not going to get high with them. We're going to read the word together. You see, we ain't buddy-buddy because that ain't how the relationship's supposed to go. But I want to say to some mother that's struggling with your faith life, today is the day to make your living trust. Do I have somebody? You can put your trust in Jesus and you can change the narrative of your children's life. Do I have a witness? And I want to say to somebody here this morning that God already knows, hallelujah, what he has for you. All you got to do is reach out, hallelujah, and hold on to God's unchanging hands. Greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. I'm about to go sit down, but I want to say happy Mother's Day to all, hallelujah, the living faith mothers, the mothers, hallelujah, who decided to make Jesus your choice. I thank God that we may not have a whole lot of assets materially, but thank God that you can leave for your children, hallelujah, something that will go on from this generation on. Jesus went up to Golgotha's hill about 2,000 years ago. Do you know the story? I'm going to say it one more time. It was 2,000 years ago on a hill called Calvary. They marched him up to that hill. And he went up on that hill so that he can give his life as a ransom. Do I have a witness? And I want to say to some mother here this morning, Jesus is just as good today as he was 2,000 years ago. I call his name because his name has power. Do I have a witness? There's no other name under heaven by which a man, a woman, or child can be saved. 
But I want to challenge you at some point. You got to open your mouth and you got to say, Jesus, because one day the Bible says every knee shall bow and every head shall bow and every knee shall bow to Jesus. Do I have a witness? And I want to encourage some mother here this morning that you ought not to give up on your child just yet. Because if you change your faith walk with Jesus, they're going to run into this church. They're going to be more dedicated to you, to Jesus. Do I have a witness? I want to say to some mother here that you've been praying and praying and praying, but you got to do some living and living and living because your child will look at your life one day and they're going to say, I want what mama had. Listen, I'm not saying that it's absent of problems, but I want to tell you, you'll be able to handle your problems. Do I have a witness here? Somebody here this morning, you understand why Jesus went up to Calvary's cross. He went up there. They hung him high. They stretched him wide. They dropped him low. They put him in a borrowed tomb. But early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. Thank God that the faith that was in Lewis now resides in Eunice. And it went from Eunice to Lewis to my mama and your mama and your mama and your mama and your grandmama and your grandmama. And here we are 2,000 years later. Jesus is still saving today. What will you leave? A will or a trust? And while you're alive, you might as well sign it over to them. Your faith. And I want to say to some mother here today, you're struggling with your faith. Your children are imitating the world more than they are Jesus. And you, you're throwing your hands up and you're trying to figure out why are they acting like this? Why are they doing this? Why are they doing that? They're doing it. And some of your children, let me tell you what I found out about children. When they get home, they will conform to what you want them to. They won't be real. So they may look like they're living by faith. Or embracing your faith. But listen, until you have the conversation with them, until they see it in you, listen, I really thought it was dad's. But it's mama's. And your faith walk. Now I play, I don't have to say much. See, that's the difference. When you're a godly man, you ain't got to say much. But there's something about a mother's faith. I look at why I gave, why I became a Hindu. Because my mother influenced me. You with me? Now, if you're here today, mothers, 
and you want to reestablish your faith. Amen. Pastor, I want to be more faithful. I want my spiritual life to impact my children's life. Would you come?